This Blitz podcast is brought to you by Bravado Wireless. Available online at bravadowireless.com. I have no idea why this is trending right now, but it is. Return of the Mac. Still bangs to this day. All back, Matt, to a different time. When I learned that uh, when I'm back up in the game running things to keep my swing... That is indeed what I learned from Return of the Mac. All right, welcome back in here on the Blitz 1170. My name is Jeremy Poplin. Let's set up that hotline and welcome in, well, a, a regular now here on the Blitz 1170 as we get close to major time. He is Cam Rogers. You can check him out, Cam Rogers Live on uh, Twitter. He is uh, breaking down the U.S. Open for us here on the Blitz 1170, sports betting host on Stadium and on the uh, Believe Network. What's up, Cam? How are you doing today, ma'am? Hey, what's going on? Great to be with you. Happy U.S. Open week. Indeed it is, which is a little bit different, right? I this The L.A. Country Club is so ritzy and so exclusive. Back to a place that the U.S. Open, um, its first stop in L.A. was like 75 years ago. This is a unique course that not a whole lot of people have unique perspective and knowledge of, right, Cam? I mean, this is this is going to be something that's making this one that much more fun. Super exclusive in the sense that members can't even wear shorts, no cell phones allowed on the golf course, and I hear that not even, like, the Hollywood actors go to this golf club because it's not that exciting. So it's interesting that it's hosting a U.S. Open for the first time, in fact, a major championship for the first time, but I will say this. It's going to be a test. Par 70, 7,400 yards, whole lot of undulations, very difficult tee shots, meaning a lot of blind tee shots. So you're really going to have to trust your line when you do your research here on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday to figure out where you are placing the ball. You've got five par threes, three par fives, which is unique considering this is a par 70. So, yeah, I think for the most part, everybody's in the same bucket. On Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, everybody's sprinting to do their research. This did host the 2017 Walker Cup. Scotty Scheffler, Colin Morikawa played then, but still, that was a long time ago. That was six years ago. So it's going to be a relative unknown for a lot of these guys when they tee it up on Thursday. All right, before we even get into uh, any elements of the actual game and course itself here, uh, your overall feeling about just the uncertainty that exists around the professional game of golf, because it certainly feels like for this version of the U.S. Open, like the game itself, the sport itself is in limbo. How much of a shadow and how much of a cloud does that kind of cast over the U.S. Open this week? Yeah, you know, I'm not going to lie. I'm fairly bearish right now on the future of the PGA Tour in particular. And I say that because I don't think actually this deal is going to go through. You've got Congress right now very publicly saying, we're going to be looking into this. This is similar to when American Airlines wanted to merge with JetBlue and blah, blah, blah. That, tor- that sort of rhetoric tells me that this is going to be highly looked into and screams antitrust sort of situation, right? Because who's the competition after all three tours come together? There's there are there are some serious concerns with that. And so, you know, if this deal does not go through, then we're back to where we started, right? Live versus PGA Tour, antitrust lawsuits between the two, and the PGA Tour is going to run out of money. That was why Jay Monahan welcomed the Saudis to the table to negotiate because he knew deep in his heart that the PGA Tour was not going to beat Live 
as far as paying for legal fees and what have you, that would have dragged on forever if Liv wanted it to. So I am a little bit concerned about the future of the game right now, particularly because I don't know if this deal is going to go through and then what happens. So a lot of question marks right now. All right, to to the course itself, you you gave a, a few uh, brief thoughts over the top of this. Is this another one of these courses? And I know I don't want the yardage to scare people away because, yes, some of the holes might play longer, but it, you moving the, the tee box, it could play a few hundred yards shorter for any given round in, in totality. But is this another one of those courses, Cam, where maybe the the big hitting, I saw it phrased as Darwinism, won't continue this week? That that was the trend for the so long uh, there with, with stops like this. Is this going to be a creativity and thinking man's course rather than just taking a backseat to brute strength? Agreed. Yeah, 100%. I don't think we'll have what we saw at Wingfoot, right, when Bryson DeChambeau just ripped driver every single hole and bombed and gouged his way to the U.S. Open trophy. I think we're going to see, similar to what we saw last year at Brookline, when Matt Fitzpatrick, right, not a long hitter at all, fought his way around that golf course, plotted, played target golf, won a U.S. Open. I think we're going to see this week the artists really play well. I'm talking about Jordan Spieth, Mm. Cam Smith, Patrick Reed, these guys who can shape the ball beautifully and also have some of the best hands on the PGA Tour slash Live Tour. And I say that because I think a lot of guys are going to miss greens this week. I mean, these approach shots are going to be super long. I'm talking 175 yards and out. And so if everybody's missing greens, it kind of becomes this scramble fest. And that favors somebody like a Jordan Spieth or a Cam Smith where you can think your way around the golf course. So I think that is the vibe that we're looking at here this week. So in terms of Cam Smith, who is an outright outright winner with short odds, uh, the number I have in front of me was plus 3,000. Um, remind everyone of how he plays when he's at his best because I think we got a pretty good reminder of that at the PGA Championship where he finished just T9 but was second in the field in strokes gained. Uh, and then and then the putting element as well. Uh, he absolutely has the type of game, as you just mentioned, where I wouldn't be shocked at all if you don't see him coming out on top of this. I would not be shocked. He's playing really well on live T3, T6, T2, T9. Of course, the T9 at the PGA Championship as well. You know, he's not driving the golf ball as well as he used to, talking about last year in particular. But I think that's okay because – this is not like, like I mentioned, Wingfoot, where you have to hit every single fairway. The mm. fairways are actually fairly forgiving here at LA Country Club, and the rough around the fairways isn't as penal as you may expect either. So I think you can get away with a little bit of spraying off the tee, and we know how Cam Smith can get hot with the putter. I mean, that is the magic stick for him. If he is draining putts left and right, he is going to be super difficult to beat. And again, he's a great wedge player as well. So Cam Smith would not be surprised to see him hoist the U.S. US Open trophy on Sunday. Uh, Where are you at on Patrick Reed with his odds right now? You know, I think he's worth a sprinkle. He's 82-1, something like that. This is a guy who is an absolute cut maker in terms of major championships. Nobody likes to bet on him because Apparently, nobody likes Patrick Reed, and I guess fair enough. But he has made 12 of 13 cuts at major championships. He's a great grinder. He was top 20 at the PGA Championship, top five at the Masters low-key 
In his past eight U.S. Open starts, he has five top 20 finishes. You put that all together, he's so good at just not making mistakes. And that's why he makes so many cuts. The problem is he has not really contended at a lot of major championships over the last half decade. Of course, he won the Masters back in 2018. But aside from that, haven't really seen much from him as far as being on that final page in the heat of a Sunday afternoon. So keep an eye on Reed for sure. I think he'll be a factor in some way, shape, or form. I don't think he wins this week, but he's worth a sprinkle if you want to put some cash on him. Well, and I bring that up, Cam, for a reason, because the first two people that I mentioned off the top are are live guys, and I don't know how you feel about it, but doesn't it still feel like some of the live guys, other than maybe Brooksy, are coming in a bit underpriced in the marketplace in general and are worth, as you said, like in, in Patrick's case, a little bit of a sprinkle? Yeah, totally. I mean, it's interesting. Dustin Johnson, 35-1. to 1. I don't think he wins this week, but that's a really nice price for a guy like him with the talent level that he has. Patrick Reed, 70-1. to 1. Looks like that number got shorter the last time I checked. I'm looking at the odds right now. But, yeah, it seems like the public – really doesn't want to bet on the live guys as much. I mean, Bryson DeChambeau's 40 to 1, and he played really well at the PGA Championship, and his ball striking is fantastic right now on live. And we've seen that good play on live does indeed translate to good play at the major championships. Just ask Brooks Kepka, who was T2 at the Masters and, of course, won the Wanamaker Trophy at the PGA Championship. So put that all together. You're getting some good, some good prices here with these live guys. So... Absolutely. I think the market is a little off here. Okay. I saw you on a video with uh, the Bet MGM crew earlier, and you were talking about Scheffler and the number that he is at right now. Um, say what you want about, about Scotty, like the numbers prove he's played even. He, I mean, what he's doing right now, he enters the week on the heels of what, four consecutive top five finishes. Um, mm-hmm. Some question marks right now around his putting, but in terms of value, you're not necessarily big on the value play for Scotty Scheffler. Yeah, and that's the key, right? Listen, if you're playing a one-and-done or something in your fantasy golf leagues, go ahead and lock in Scotty Scheffler. But the problem is he's got such a short number that I just can't go there. I can't justify Scotty Scheffler at plus 600 when I can get Patrick Cantlay or Xander Shoffley, who've been really fantastic this year at 17-1, to 18-1, to 1, and that payout is way better than what you would get with Scotty Scheffler, right? So it's not even worth betting on him for a top 10 or a top 20 because the numbers are going to be so juiced up. It's just not worth it for me. So we're talking about a field of 156 players. A lot of them are playing well right now. It's not an indictment on Scotty Scheffler per se, although his putter is not great right now. It's more so the fact that the value just isn't there. I'd rather not bet on him and just root for him to win. Give me a couple of other good value picks that you like in this field, whether it's a top 10, top 20, maybe T5, Cam, that uh, you've uh, been able to identify so far. I really love Xander Shoffley for a top 10 here this week. He has yet to miss a cut at a U.S. Open, and his results are fantastic. 14th, 7th, 5th, 3rd, 6th, 5th. Five out of six starts, he's inside the top 10. Third in bogey avoidance over the last 50 rounds. He has not finished outside the top 40 since August on the PGA Tour. So Xander Shoffley, great bet for a top 10. I'll give you my lock of the week, though. Okay. Top 20, Justin Rose. This guy is having a career resurgence this year. He won at Pebble Beach earlier this year. Three straight top 12 finishes on the PGA Tour. 12th on tour in strokes game total. 
He's been really steady at the majors so far this year, having his best iron game season since 2015. Put that all together. Justin Rose, top 20. You're getting plus money, too. I like the play. Uh, final one for me. Ultimately, who do you like coming out on top this week? And that uh, will be this version of the U.S. Open champion. I've been saying it all week. Patrick Cantlay is the guy to get it done here this mm. week. 11 of the last 14 U.S. Open winners were first-time major champions. I think that trend continues here with Cantlay, one of six players in this field who ranks above average in driving distance, driving accuracy, strokes gained approach, and strokes gained around the green. Number one on tour in total driving, played well at the PGA Championship. He's a California kid. He knows this unique Bermuda grass that everybody is going to deal with at L.A. Country Club. I think it's his time. Patrick Cantley gets it done. Interesting for sure. Cam, great stuff, man. Thank you so much for coming on with us again here in Tulsa. Look forward to doing it again soon. Have a great rest of your day and enjoy the golf this week. Thank you, guys. Enjoy the week. That's Cam Rogers. You can follow him at Cam Rogers Live on Twitter for all of the latest. He is the sports betting host on Stadium. All right, it's 219. We'll take a timeout. One other quick little number here on Mr. Cantlay. Matt, finished inside the top 14 in each of the past four majors. Right there with him, Xander, 18th or better in his last five. Ten top tens in 24 career starts there in the majors. And looking for that championship. I see you in there taking notes. Oh, no, I already had a list, but I did add a little bit to that list. And Matt's getting all prepared for our golf draft. Oh, I don't want to grow another embarrassing whatever the hell this is on my face. Have we decided on what the punishment is going to be yet? We have not. Yeah, we didn't even discuss that, did we? No. You know what we should do? We should have the draft and then decide the punishment tomorrow. Okay. That'll give us an extra day. That would be funny to have it drafted and then see which way off of a start on how the crew is leaning on what the punishment should be. Yeah, it'd be like uh, one guy's going to want to go heavy-handed or none of us are going to want to go heavy-handed. Yeah, I think the punishment <laughs> should be like just putting a, a $5 bill in a pot, you know, like if your team's off to a horrible start. Maybe be... Colby has some ideas. I have not talked to him about punishments, though, at all today. I should have. You know, like a professional radio show. We are not that at all. What are you talking about? Get out of here. Live updates from the U.S. Open twice an hour, tomorrow and Friday, brought to you by Chris Nickel Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram right here on the Blitz 1170. Live in the Ike Chili House studios. We'll take a timeout. We'll come back with more next here on the Blitz 1170. Thank you for listening to this exclusive Blitz 1170 podcast from Bravado Wireless.